This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. Very special interview for you this morning. We are joined on the line by the journalist and author Maria Shriver. You know, she's a New York Times best-selling author, and in her new book, I've Been Thinking, Reflections, Prayers, and Meditations for a Meaningful Life, she reflects, offers prayers, and talks to us about how to have a meaningful life. And my yours has been one, is one, filled with great experience. Four kids, right? Yeah, four kids, lots of different experiences, and uh, a great life to date, and I hope it continues. God bless. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us about the thinking that went into uh, writing this latest book, because I know I've got all of your books on my bookshelf. Oh, well, great. Well, I've been thinking about, uh, I think, the things that everybody's thinking about, right? Power, success, family, faith, kindness, forgiveness. And so I write these columns, so to speak, every Sunday. They appear in my Sunday paper, which is a digital newsletter. And people said, could you put these into a book uh, that we can have on our bedside tables? And I myself have benefited tremendously uh, in times of struggle from other people's thoughts, other people's journeys, other people's advice. And so I'm so honored that this book has struck a chord in the country and that people are picking it up because it tells me that we're all in transition and we're all on the path to wanting to live a meaningful life. And sometimes we just need uh, someone else's ideas, someone else's support to jump start our own thinking. <laughs> Now, not only is Maria Shriver the mother of four, she is also, as you may know, a Peabody award-winning and Emmy award-winning journalist, producer, six, not one, six New York Times best-selling books and a best-selling coloring book. Uh, we see her. Uh, we see her on NBC News as a special anchor. She is the founder of the Women's Alzheimer's Movement. When you're not thinking or writing, you're hanging with your kids, and one of them, I believe, is acting now. Is that correct? Following in his father's footsteps. Yeah, Patrick is. Uh, he has a movie coming out actually March 24th called Midnight Sun, which is one of those. Uh, romantic films, and so I'm sure women will be falling in love with him, but uh, he's, a, he's a really good young man. Uh, I'm proud of all four of our children. Uh, Christina has a film uh, coming out on Netflix about Adderall. Uh, Catherine wrote a book uh, last year called Maverick and Me about pet adoption, and Christopher is at school uh, making friends and, uh, you know, being a superstar at his school. So I feel like super blessed and I know their dad does too, uh, uh, about our four children. They're healthy, they're kind, uh, they're loving, and they bring so much joy uh, to my life. So that has been my greatest purpose, is my greatest purpose. And my work you mentioned with Alzheimer's is also my purpose. And I think living a meaningful life, you want to have some purpose in your life that's larger than yourself. That's what I say to my kids all the time. It's cool to have ambition. It's cool to, you know, think about what your career, but you've got to find something that's bigger than you that gets you up in the morning and that makes you feel good about how, what you're putting out into the world. How important have you found gratitude to be in your life? Well, I think it's really important. I think we all have something, no matter where we are in our journey, to be grateful for. Even when we're in the midst of terrible pain, grief, and struggle, we can find at least one little thing that we're grateful for. And so for me, putting that into a practice, like putting meditation and prayer into a practice, helps me 
uh, as I approach each day. Like this morning I woke up and my mind started going, you know, crazy. I was like, oh, my God, I have to do this, this, this. And I started feeling like, you know, uh, uh, uh. and I was like, wait a minute. You have a practice. You opened your eyes. Practice your gratitude. Put your feet on the floor. Oh, wait a minute. You have a meditation practice. So even though it won't be as long as it normally is, try to sit here for a minute and pray and be grateful and be calm so that you can be good when you do your radio interviews. But I think just having that as a practice helps me center myself. It helps me be present and helps me be a better person. As someone who has spent a career asking questions, is it awkward having to answer them when you do press for your books and things? No, not really, because I think this book came out of me asking myself questions, asking myself, what is power? What is community? What is success? What is meaning? Uh, What am I here to do? Uh, What is forgiveness? What is faith? What is inner fortitude? Uh, Have I changed my beliefs? Is that okay? What do I deserve? What do I expect of myself? These are questions uh, that I've asked other people along the way and then turning them onto myself and being surprised at sometimes when my beliefs have changed over time and then being able to write them down and to share them and give perhaps people permission to change their opinion over time. And I always say that that isn't that you're a weak person if you change your opinion. That means that life has impacted you, and hopefully you've been open enough to evolve. It would seem, Maria, that we are in the midst of a cultural sea change where women are not only empowered but are harnessing that power in many areas. You've been on the forefront as a leading woman your entire professional career. What do you make of the times we're in right now? Well, I think they're exciting. They're empowering. I think they're also scary to a lot of people. And I think the challenge in front of women will be, all right, we're going to use our voices. How will we lead differently than men led? I think if we think that men didn't include us at the table, will we include men? Will we lead from a different place? Will we use different attributes? Will we, you know, will feminine power, so to speak, look different from masculine power? And I think that the hope is, I certainly hope that it will. I certainly hope that we'll be more compassionate, that we'll be more caring, that we'll be more collaborative. We will need tremendous intestinal fortitude, but I hope we'll also be feminine in our approach to power and we'll be inclusive in a way perhaps that men weren't. And I hope we will be less threatened, less divisive, less scary, uh, less fear-mongering than the past. And I think if we can do that, if we can lead differently, uh, then the world will benefit from us. We all go through times of adversity and stress and strain where sometimes you indeed are struggling to get up in the morning and facing the day. What advice or guidance do you have for not only women, but for all readers on those days when you're just like, you know, I just don't want to get out of bed? Well, I think it's it's, uh, important to know that everybody has those days, right? Everybody has some form of a struggle. And I say to my kids, you know, you will not be devoid of struggle. You will not be devoid of grief. Uh, I write quite a bit about grief in the book. Uh, You will not live a life where you don't lose something. And uh, I think, you know, just knowing, you know, okay, if I just put my feet on the floor, if I just walk into the bathroom, maybe today that's all I can expect of myself. And to be kind of compassionate to yourself. I've had days where I didn't want to get out of bed. I had days where I looked forward and it looked 
you know, murky and foggy and I couldn't see anything. And so I think that that's why I think books like this, for me, I've benefited from other people who've shared uh, tidbits from their journeys. And I think you don't have to share everything from your journey, but I think if you can share hope, if you can share inspiration, if you can let people know that there is uh, a tomorrow, that they will, you know, journey forward, that's a great service, I think, to do. And um, I think people who say, hey, I've never had any problems, everything is perfect, I eat whatever I want, I can do this, I can do that, I don't really believe that, actually, because I've met a lot of those people and then they're whispering to me about, oh, my God, I'm, I feel this, I feel that. And so I think kind of saying, yeah, I have felt really, really bad. I have felt really depressed. I have doubted uh, myself. I do doubt myself. And yet on another day, I don't. And that's called the human condition, and I think that's called life. Mm, indeed it is. I know many of us daughters believe true to our hearts that in our mothers we won the mom lottery. I know I did, and I know that you did also. Best piece of advice you received from your mother? Life's a marathon, not a sprint. And you can have it all over a lifetime, but don't try to get it all at once. You're really quick on that answer. You, you've, obviously, yeah, you've been I, asked I, that before I, <laughs> and knew right away. What's the, what do you think is the best piece of guidance you've given thus far to your kids? Maybe that and also uh, to be kind, be compassionate, be caring to yourself and to others. Can't have any better advice than that. Now, uh, longevity is a wonderful blessing, as you've had in your career. Many in your family have had. Sadly, many others did not. How have you managed to stay so successful and so relevant in uh, a society that tends to value youth over experience. That phrase that right? Yeah, no, yeah. I think, um, you know, I learned from my parents. They, they had a lot of young friends, and so I've tried to kind of uh, keep myself around a lot of young people. And I think when you end up single at my age, many of the people that invite you out are only young people, uh, your friends, your kids' friends. And so I think that's been actually, in a funny way, really helpful to me. But I don't think really about staying relevant. I think about staying engaged. I think about staying curious. I think about having a purpose larger than myself and then talking to the world about that purpose. And so for me, kind of talking about Alzheimer's, educating women, staying in my profession, that's helped me stay engaged. And if it made me relevant, so be it. <laughs> what do you want readers to take away from your book, I've Been Thinking, Reflections, Prayers, and Meditations for a Meaningful Life? That they're all worthy of living a divine and meaningful life, and that they are divine, that they are worthy, and that their thoughts matter, and that they matter and that they will survive and they will get through this. The book, again, is I've Been Thinking, Reflections, Prayers, and Meditations for a Meaningful Life. The author is Peabody Award-winning, Emmy Award-winning journalist and producer, multiple New York Times best-selling author, Maria Shriver. We appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now to a movie in theaters right now that I strongly encourage you to see. I am as excited about A Wrinkle in Time as I am still excited about Black Panther. Our guest is Kim Kimball. And you're like, who is Kim Kimball? Well, Kim Kimball is going to take us behind the scenes of A Wrinkle in Time because she brings their hair to life in the film. Yeah, she's the hairstylist. And 
you've seen the promos, you've seen the commercials, you've seen all of the stars, Mindy Kaling, Oprah Winfrey, Reese Witherspoon, all over TV this week promoting the film. You've seen clips of the film. Now the story of how that look came to be. Tell us how you got involved in the Wrinkle in Time project. Yes, well, um, Ava DuVernay, I've actually known her for years. She used to be a client of mine, and she got this amazing project and called me on the phone and was like, you know, this is a, an amazing project. The hair is going to be something really special, and I really feel like, you know, you may want to jump on board on this project. And I said, absolutely. <laughs> You know, and if you, you know, the city was going to be involved. And I just got excited the minute I talked to her about it. Take us through the creative process because in at least the still images we've seen so far, Oprah, oh. Reese, Mindy, the images are phenomenal. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, so the first thing I do, she invites me to come down to the office. I see all these amazing photos and you know, just kind of ideas in terms of, like, the set and, um, you know, and she explained to me about the book and the following of the book. And um, so I had, first thing I had to do was, read, you know, read the book and then read the script. And it sounded like an amazing project. I loved, you know, what the story was about. And then I started, you know, we started going through this process of pulling hair idea. She said she showed me a few ideas in the direction she wanted to go. And then I went and pulled a lot of different images because I had to come up with something. So these women were like, you know, these uh ex, like these kind of extraterrestrial ex, they call it thing right? Beings. These are like, you know, stars. She kind of described them as stars from the universe. And, you know, I had to kind of really do some soul searching like what does that look like <laughs> because I have no reference of what um you know the, you know this, this would look like so had you read the book you know, I, started, I hadn't read it before but we had to read it you know once we you know signed on to the project and it's a it's a great book it is you know an amazing everything is just amazing about it so I was super excited um you know, just to be a part of it. But, you know, we had to go through a lot of these hair ideas and, you know, we, we you know, I consulted with, you know, some of the actors, I consulted with a director, and then the costumes. Once the costumes came into play and makeup, that really helped us narrow down what looks. I mean, we had probably 200 characters of just different ideas, um, you know, of inspiration. So we use them, to, you know, for inspiration to create these looks. You know, I, and she definitely wanted something avant-garde with the hair, but we definitely wanted to also look fashionable and beautiful. You know, these women, you know, in my mind, are just beautiful beings that are powerful. Do you have a personal favorite? You know, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I like them all because they were all just very different. You know, Reese, of course, had the, the, the fiery engine, red hair, but she was also earthy which was like a very contrast. It was very, you know, she's like this earthy, whimsical kind of character, but the red was really a big con contrast, you know, from that whole image. And then uh, Mindy, she was like all different cultures. I really enjoyed creating stuff because was, was, she was just like a, like a quilt or a tapestry of all these different cultures, African, 
um, Spanish, uh, Asian, all these different things kind of inspired Nelly's look. And of course, Oprah, she was the diva, so she just had the bigger hair, and, you know, more extra this, extra long braids, big hair, um, and then, you know, the color of her hair was different. You could see Oprah with like this beautiful, we, we, you know, designed this beautiful platinum color hair for her. Um, I can't really say I have a favorite, but I just enjoyed working on all of them because they're all different. I love variety. We're on the line. And our leader, I'm sorry. Um, Go ahead and finish that thought, Kim. You were, I interrupted you. Okay. I didn't mean to. You were, you were finishing your thought about loving working with all of the ladies. Yeah. Well, with our neat character, I really love that she was representing natural hair, you know, the natural curly hair, which is so, you know, right now so prominent um, at, at, at this time. Natural hair is a, a big statement, and she had beautiful natural hair. Um, I just kind of want to bring that in there as well. And I'm so glad you. Uh, did. And I'm so glad you did. We are on the line with Kim Kimball. She is the creator of all the looks in the new Disney film coming out in March, less than a month. A wrinkle in time. Now, Kim, you're no stranger to working on high-profile people. You are clearly most recognized for the work on WeTV's L.A. Hair, but your clientele list is a veritable who's who of leading ladies and women in music. Oh, yeah. I mean, from Beyonce to Shakira, Mary J. Blige. Um, I mean, I've worked with a lot of amazing artists. Brandy, the late Whitney. You know, I've had an opportunity to work with some of the best in the business, um, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's all just a blessing and all exciting. How did you know that this was going to be your career and your life path? Oh, I'm a third generation hairstylist, so I grew up in, I grew up in the hair salon. My mother, my grandmother both did hair and, you know, I remember seeing my grandmother doing hair in the kitchen, my, my mother doing hair it was just sort of it was definitely a lifestyle for me I knew I would dabble into hair I didn't know I was going to fall in love with it um, but once I got into it I just couldn't get out. I was so you know excited about about hair and how and were you I able to I, I, I wanted to I'm sorry no go ahead you knew finish I, I, I knew that I would I would I would go beyond the chair though I knew that I wouldn't just be, I knew going in, I'm not going to just be a hairstylist that stands behind the chair. However, I love doing hair in the salon. But I knew that I was going to be around the world one day. And um, like with this movie, we got to shoot some scenes in New Zealand. I mean, how amazing is that opportunity to go to somewhere? I've never been to New Zealand. It is beautiful. And, you know, just the backdrop of this movie visually is just so amazing. Hair, everything. And, um, you know, that's one of the blessings, uh, you know, uh, about also going beyond the chair that you get to see a lot. Kim, do you get the sense that because you were able to travel to New Zealand, because the ladies in A Wrinkle in Time have such an extraordinary look for such an extraordinary story, plus there is, of course, Ava DuVernay's vision, and we love her. She's wonderful. Do you get the sense that those looks are also characters of their own in addition to being a part of the character for the women who play them? I'll be honest with you, 
I would say yes, but the women embodied the characters so well that they just became, the, <laughs> you know, the look, you know, they weren't, the look wasn't just wearing them. They, I mean, they were, they became, like, I watched Oprah turn into Mrs. Wish and, you know, Mindy turn into uh, Mrs. Who and, and, and we turn into Mrs. Watson. Um, but it, it did definitely the look, uh, and Ava was very instrumental and very involved and, and was really wanted that the look to be, she was, you know, and she was very detailed, detail oriented. She was very into the details of it all. And she wanted everything to be, you know, have its own thing. Like the costume, to make sure very involved in the costumes and the hair and, we, you know, looking at it all put together. She wanted to see it put together. So um, she spent a lot of time on a lot of, I mean, this was a project that I've, I've never seen somebody work so hard and so busy on a project, you know, going from hair to makeup to, to the, you know, the special effects people to the, she had a lot, and the actors, she had a lot to really manage, but she managed it quite well because it was a huge project and a huge undertaking. Um, even for me, even the hair, we prepped two months before we, you know, before they shot it. So it it was, uh, you know, a lot of preparation. And you can tell because it was, you know, so well planned out and so well prepared that, you know, when you look at it, you can see, oh, my God. To me, the visuals of what I've seen so far is just amazing. How long did you have each of the ladies in the chair to craft that look? I, when I designed the hair, I designed it because with time in mind, when I'm doing films, I understand they don't have a lot of time for them to sit in the chair. So we built those hair pieces prior to. Everything was built and, and, and designed and put together, and we did camera tests um, to see it. So once she signed off it in the camera test, that it became the look. And we spent a lot of time prepare, prepping it. But once we put it on, I mean, it literally would take me maybe 30 to 40 minutes to put something on because we designed it to just be able to just be put on because, you know, I, you know, trying to style that every day would have been a long task and it would have taken a lot of time that they needed to be, you know, acting. <laughs> so... Yeah, you know, I think the makeup probably took longer than the hair because the hair was when it, once it's done, it was done. Kim, what are what's your next project? Well, I mean, right now I'm uh, actually on my way to a, a, a HSN. After <laughs> that's my next stop. I mean, I have my own salon, Kimber uh, Studio, and my own hair care line of products. So I'm constantly working on that. Um, I have I, I have of course a couple clients that I work with, Nicki Minaj and. Beyonce, and, you know, I have some up-and-coming projects with them coming up. So, you know, I'm always busy <laughs> doing something. <laughs> this is a pretty amazing project. So rumor has it that Queen Bee may be invited to sing for Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in the royal wedding in May. If that turns out to be true, might you be traveling with her to make sure that she is perfectly coughed for the nuptials? Well, I would hope so. I, I would hope so, maybe. I don't know. As of now, I haven't been asked to do it, so I didn't, you know, this is something I was just hearing, but I don't know, maybe. All right, la- 
that would be not great. Last thing, Kim, before I let you go, because I know you've got a lot to do today. There on, on social media, Instagram has been a huge, last question about Beyonce, huge dust up about her hair and Mama Tina posting the picture showing how Beyonce's hair has grown out and how long it is. Is that something folks really are worried about or should we just let be, be, be? I mean, everybody is, is, is human. I understand she's a superstar and a lot of people are very interested in what she does. Um, but, you know, people, I, I want to say I would let be, 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 you know, she's, she's an, the, the most thing that people forget is that she's an amazing artist. She, she brings up, she's brought a lot to the music industry. And for me, that's that's kind of what I focus on. Although, you know, she her look is great, her hair, her clothes, she's got an amazing look. But she's an amazing businesswoman and an amazing artist. So there is a lot to her. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I hear like minded people hang out. So I, I put you in that same category as well. Aww. Thank you, Kim Kimball, spending you, some time Kim. with us, sharing a little behind the scenes look at uh, the work that she does for Ava DuVernay's A Wrinkle in Time. The movie is in theaters right now. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, my handle is Condo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.